Guess what? Bam! DG Unsanctioned, live with Willie Dope and Gift the Great. Alright y'all, yeah, YDG Unsanctioned, Gift the Great, Willie Dope, yeah, see, see, full disclosure, <laughs> this is us starting for the second time, first time I was ready, <laughs> technical difficulties, we had to start over again, but yeah man, back once again, YDG Unsanctioned. Uh, man, it's been a long week of a lot of, a lot, a, a big return in the wrestling world. We had, you know, Twitter fingers going crazy and sprinkle of racism here and there, you know. Yeah, you know. Entertaining week. I like my wrestling with a little with bit, a little of, bit race- of racism. A little bit of the racism. A little <laughs> bit of the racism. <laughs> Bring back that old school 80s Ric Flair. That's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> Fam, yo, if you get a chance, go back and, like, see just how, like, overtly racist Ric Flair was kind of. Uh, I'm shaking my head. You guys can't see me, but I'm shaking. That- <laughs> yo, I- why did I just blurt that out? Oh, my God. Censor yourself. Oh, man. Yo, between know. that and that's just reminding me of something. We're going to have to take all of this out, too. No, we like, don't. Jerry Lawler with uh, Goldust back in the day. Like, I didn't say it, but it's like, this is what happened back in the day. Nah, man. So, this girl that... reckless. This girl that I... I didn't really put her on to wrestling, but, like, you know, we talk about it. My friend Kimberly, whatever, she sent me an article. And I guess it was, like, a kayfabe sort of, like, news article from back in the day with, like, Ric Flair going off on somebody. I can't remember... And, like, you know, he was calling him, like, an immigrant, and, like, he's not worthy of wearing the NWA title. <laughs> it was wild. And oh, I'm like, yo, that's... Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, he's, he, he shouldn't represent the NWA, da 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 Like, eh, it, it was in character, but it was, like, I see how, like, guys back in the day would push those buttons. But anyway, um, we're in 2019, <laughs> and a lot of that stuff doesn't fly, and I apologize for blurting out that racial slur. He was just referring ago. to an old... Promo? I don't... I will say promo. I think the more we clean it up, the worse it gets. Yeah, so CM Punk made his return last week. CM Punk made his return to backstage, which, you know, it was announced that he was going to be a part of the show, and um, I guess the first episode was officially last week? Uh, The first episode that he was on... Well, yeah, yeah. Was last week? Yes, I believe... No, the week before was the first episode. Right. Which makes me think that the reason why they announced punk is because the first episode the ratings weren't too great i don't like to talk about the ratings too much but you know anywhere that punks people been clamoring for punk to return to wrestling in some way shape or form for years and years and years and i feel like the numbers are going to prove it is he somebody that was always you know as he said the voice of the voiceless kind of always spoke for what most fans kind of felt about the product as a whole and um his first show was last night where we didn't mention we're taping this on a wednesday we're a day late usually we tape on a tuesday so um his first show that he was on fully was last night and he definitely didn't hold back any punches yeah and um you know honestly that i feel like having him as a part of this show hopefully people and the writing team or wwe corporate can sort of get a better sense of what us fans would necessarily want and i know that's been like a thing since AEW has been uh you know in existence or whatever and you know you're you're distracting me with that oh my goodness sorry i just found a gif of katie forbes and rvd and if anybody's not familiar with katie forbes look her up and that looks like from the new york tapings which we missed and now we should have went to now i'm upset that yeah go um but yeah um cm punk uh I was trying to make this point before, and we got, you know, technical difficulties and stuff like that. But CM Punk 
probably best represents what like fans would want in this day and age. He's very much in tune. He has his finger on the pulse. And like, you know, I know a lot of fans, you know, get ridiculed online, especially by like, the companies and stuff like that for like wanting the attitude era back. And um, WWE in their response nowadays has been to like bring back sort of the zany, wackiest, uh, out of context aspects of the attitude era. Like we see with like the Rusev angle, Rusev and Lana. And it's like, yeah, stuff like that probably would fly in the Attitude Era, but in the context of the Attitude Era, stuff was so crazy. It's kind of like CM Punk, he was always good at straddling the line of what you can and cannot cross, right? Mm -hmm. He's always been like sort of like a loose cannon, I'm going to say what I want type of figure and stuff like that, straddle the line between smart fan and casual fan. And it's like... Yeah, there's some aspects of, like, you know, the spontaneity and the edginess of the Attitude Era that we want back, but not in the way that WWE has been attempting to bring it back nowadays. And I feel like CM Punk, like you said, um, he sort of, you know, has had his... He's been away from the product long enough to sort of come back to it with a fresh set of eyes, but then also realizes, you know, the lines you can and cannot cross and push the, in terms of pushing the uh, pushing edginess envelope, envelope. Yeah. right? And he he said he said himself that he hasn't watched the product in like five years. That he's you know unfamiliar with a lot of the new guys, like specifically mentioning when he was talking about the. Um, we're gonna get into SmackDown later, but talking about the old um, thing, the issues between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin over on SmackDown, and how you know he's just really seeing Baron Corbin for the first time. But he thought that whole angle with the uh, dog mascot was, I'm paraphrasing, but was shit. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what's crazy? I don't know if it was shit. It's just the way that they went about doing it. Like, it was overkill. The way I, I interpret it from Punk is like, again, somebody with fresh eyes. If you're watching SmackDown for the first time mm-hmm. and you see somebody coming out with fake dog, like coming out to fake dog barks and, and the dog mascot uniform and stuff like that like i would probably continue to flip the channel that's not keeping me on smackdown you know it's like i can get it from the character standpoint and like wanting to like you know antagonize roman reigns and stuff but some of it was just like a little bit of overkill like you can have a little mascot sort of be out there during baron corbin's match rooting him on and stuff like that but it's like the dog barks and everything during the entrance it's just like it's 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 too much. It's too much. And uh, one of the things, one of the takes Punk did make last night that like I really agree on, and I feel like a lot of people do. Uh, Renee Young asked him, you know, being away from it so long, um, what from the current product is like he really impressed with, and does he really like? And he mentioned that he loves what all the uh, the women are doing. He just wishes that WWE wouldn't always push it as hashtag women's revolution hashtag uh this hashtag this first ever history making just let the women do what they do like they're great on their own everything doesn't need to be a history making empowering moment you know like they can do that they can they can speak for themselves what they do in the ring and i agree with that wwe definitely tries to position everything i feel as like a PR moment, a PR, I don't know the best way to put it, but I, I'm, I, I, I hope you guys kind of understand what I'm saying. Like everything is like a, something that they could push as a look, look at the, the, the greatness that we're doing. Right. And it's like, it takes you out of the moment with a lot of those things. And I feel like not for nothing as fans, we not even just as fans, just as consumers in general in society in 2019, we have so much information at our fingertips right now. Like fans now are so savvy and we know the inner workings of things and our brains are just, we just our brains are just savvier than they were back in, you know, the 2000s and the 90s and stuff like that. It's like it's almost like you have to advertise and, you know, announce things to us more organically than what WWE is attempting to do with like everything it, not, that they nothing's do. Nothing's more annoying than like the women getting like their like the first time it's like a Hell in a Cell match or something like that. Just for example, nothing's worse than instead of just letting the feud build organically, Stephanie McMahon has to come out and make this huge announcement for the first time <laughs> ever. We're gonna have women 
in a hell in a cell. Like and, just, just and let it, it happen. And it's not even just like Stephanie. I mean, it's more. It has more so to do with like the the announcers. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a way to like advertise the show, but then when you hear Michael Cole mention something like. A, a, million a million times, times to us, like oh, for the first time ever, Raw and SmackDown compete head to head, and like, come on, like, stop hitting us with the same advertising. We're, we're, we're not as dumb as y'all think we are. If y'all tell the story, we'll be able to tell what's going on. Like, you could announce it during the show, obviously, yes, but like every segment, you're hammering it home, and it's like, fam, I got it, we got it. Everybody got it at this point. You know what I'm saying? For the first time, NXT and Raw and SmackDown and head-to-head competition and brand supremacy. And it's like they brand all these stupid things. And you hear it so much in the show, it's overkill. It takes it takes you out of the moment. Definitely does. I definitely agree with you, man. But I'm excited to see what Punk does with Backstage. It was refreshing to hear his take and everything like that. It was definitely, like, it was, yesterday was the first time I really sat and watched it. It's an entertaining show, man. That guy, Booker T, he's amazing on it. You know, Renee's, Renee's, you could tell she's in her zone on that show. Paige is good on it. It's a good show. If y'all haven't caught Backstage, I recommend watching Backstage. But uh, getting back to Punk, you know, being the shit stirrer that he is, he wasted no time at uh, stirring up a little, little uh, controversy, a little bit of controversy within the wrestling world. Like one of the first tweets that he put up after it was announced that he's back, he says, is it weird trying to catch up on five years of wrestling? I'm doing what I can. There's bright spot, spots, excuse me, mostly women from what I can tell. There's bad too. And I'm going to talk about it. And no one is safe. Join us. And then he tags Renee Young, WWE on Fox, Booker T, Paige, Vince McMahon, and then Tony Khan last. Um, I like it. <laughs> I, no, listen. This reminds me of like the old WWF live wire back in the day. Where it's like anything goes, and you know it had that spot. It had that spontaneous feeling. You know, fans would call up asking about WCW guys and ECW and stuff like that. And it's like, listen, I don't know if the FS1 show is gonna be like the mainstream. Is like the mainstreamiest network. I feel like diehard wrestling fans are gonna tune into this show more than anybody, right? Not saying all the diehard fans, but mostly like that audience that's real passionate about the product and real passionate about wrestling in general. And I feel like having a guy like CM Punk, you want him to sort of, like I said, walk that line, you know, play with that sort of edginess and be able to talk about the competition and, you know. Yeah, for backstage to be successful, it can't just be can't just drone on about the WWE product. It has to be a smart show. It has to be a real show. It has to, like, I'm not saying you got to go on there and, oh, well, in AEW, this, that, and the third. But don't act like there's no other wrestling companies or anything out there. Like, just be honest with the shit. Punk kind of alluded to that, too. I didn't mention that. Where, um, so, you know, yesterday was, like, the anniversary of, like, The Shield when, like, Ambrose and... Um, Roman Reigns and Seth, they all debuted like seven years ago to the day. Mm-hmm. So um, I forget exactly what she was asking Punk. Renee was asking like uh, something along the lines of like, you know, like what do you think of like what the Shield guy's been doing or something like that. And Punk, of course, goes to Renee. The Shield guys? The Shield guys? Who's your favorite guy from the Shield? <laughs> like, <laughs> and she kind of like, uh, I like all of them equally. Like... <laughs> If anybody doesn't know, Renee's married to John Moxley, so that's the joke in case it went over your head. But anyway, back to this punk this punk tweet, um while I was mentioning Twitter fingers earlier. So he tags Tony Khan, you know, just stirring a pot. Tony Khan responds to him real lighthearted, saying, No one is safe. Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. You know, obviously just making light of the whole thing with um Crown Jewel and everything like that. And here comes Randy Orton. <laughs> Good guy, Randy Orton. My favorite wrestler right now. What's this whole thing about glass houses and stones? Tagging a story about Tony Khan's dad being investigated for corruption. Now, the story is from like over a year ago. It was found to be, it was debunked and everything like that. No, no real basis to it or anything like that. So Tony Khan responds to Randy Orton. 
I thought you only tagged me in your post when you were grasping for leverage. Referring to, uh, I don't know if you've seen what Orton posted a picture with like a sign that said elite in the background when he was in contract negotiations. Everybody mm. think Orton's going to AEW, blah, blah, blah. So he says, I thought you only tagged me in post when you were grasping for leverage. That article's over a year old and is about baseless claims made about my dad years ago. That's the best you can do. Nothing. Meanwhile, in the time since that was written, you used the N-word on Twitch. (laughs) (laughs) Which has been like one of my favorite viral moments from wrestling all year, low-key. As a black man, I'm saying that. (laughs) We'll, 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 We'll insert the clip right here. No, we're going to put that clip in the intro. Well, you'll hear it, just in case you haven't heard it before. Because it's hilarious to me, because it's... No, let me stop. Let me not throw anybody <laughs> under the bus. But, um... Yeah, nah, man. Um, I'm for it. I like the little interpromotional... Listen, like I said, man, wrestling as a whole is a community. You know what I'm saying? We all, like, sort of... If, if you're a fan of wrestling, you probably fuck with, like, all the wrestling that's out there. Like, if you're a fan fan... So, you know, seeing stuff like this on Twitter and social media, I have no issues with it. As long as it doesn't drag out for too long. And you know what I mean? Like, Tony Khan's going to respond and Randy Orton's going to respond. And the only thing I don't like, and I mean, Seth Rollins gets a lot of, like, flack. The only thing I don't like is when it's, like, it's somebody who's positioned to be someone that we like on screen going so hard to the point that, it almost makes us not like their on-screen character. And I feel like Seth, Seth Rollins, Rollins. Yeah, yeah. Pretty Seth, much Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Congratulations. I'm you know the number I mean? one wrestler in the number one company in the entire world and every other company is like, yo, bro, it's sit like, down. It's like, fam, sit you're, down. You're, we're supposed to like you. Please play nice. Sit down, man. But, um, yeah, so from that whole uh, little uh, racial uh, racist mention, if you want to call it that. Mm. I don't think it was that bad. But we go over to uh, my man Gibbs guy. Yes. Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette. Corn- corny. Fired again. Not fired, but... <laughs> Resigning from NWA due this to... This is like the 10th place he's resigned from in like a year. So, um... Actually, I'm going to send you the clip. We're going to add the clip that Cornette said right here. Trevor Murdoch, he's mad, bad, and dangerous to know. He's the only man I've ever known that could strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. Trevor Murdoch. So Cornette, after saying that on NWA Power, Nick, uh, I think Nick Aldis issued the um, apology first before the company even did. And um, the company issued an apology. And then I'm reading today, right before we're recording, that Cornette has chose to resign from the NWA. I mean, what do you think about the the statement and everything like that? Like, do you think about the statement itself? Yeah. Um, I've seen some people saying that it wasn't that bad. I see. I feel like you have to quote unquote read the room a little bit. It's 2019. Like certain shit you can't really say, man. And it's like I know you were saying like with the all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you get into it. I, I, he should. He probably shouldn't have said it. It's, it's too questionable to get away with, especially in 2019, as sensitive as things are. Right? I'll say this: as an African American, as an African American, I feel like the chicken stereotype applies to African Americans and not so much people of the African continent. But at the same time. Like riding through the African continent with anywhere in the African continent with a bucket of whether it be chicken, any type of food and insinuating that like everybody from Africa is just like hungry for food and, you know, you're risking your life by doing. I think that's problematic still. Yeah. But the bucket of chicken part, like where everybody's grasping on to like, oh, but bucket of chicken and black people. I think there's a difference between. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I might not be the best at black social politics or anything like that. I only minored in it in college. I only minored in it. But I there's a difference to me between African Americans and the continent of Africa and the subtleties and like the uh, the uh, the uh, the, uh, the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like fried chicken, bucket of chicken, stuff like that applies more to African Americans. But at the same time, just the whole food reference to Africa to me is bad. But I I feel like 
we can say that because we know like there's kind of like a um difference if you will there between the africans and african americans mm-hmm. but i feel like and this may be an assumption on my part white people just see y'all are black yeah so it's like fried chicken black people like fried chicken they're not seeing oh well it's africa well it's this well it's... no they just see black listen white people just <laughs> <laughs> i go <laughs> and it's like Jim Cornette, Lord knows. Like, if you listen to his podcast, Jim Cornette, he doesn't... Stri- he says some loose shit sometimes. He, 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 does, say some loo- he does say some loose shit. But and it, that's not an excuse but for if him. He, but if you know Jim Cornette, like, I'm not... I don't, I don't want to just blanket label him as a racist, but I definitely think he's stuck in the time. Like, he, his favorite band, his favorite musical act of all time is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like, he does fuck with, like, a lot of things that we like culturally. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But he's just stuck in a period in time where stuff was like, like stuff like Archie Bunker was still like acceptable. You know what I mean? And what you say with the um, stuck in the time, like um, that exact phrase that he said, uh, Reddit has pulled um, clips of when he said the exact same statement back in the 1980s, the exact same statement back in like the 19 mid 1990s. Right. So like he said it before in times where it was kind of, more acceptable more acceptable acceptable is a weird word but yeah more acceptable you know so it's like it's just I kind of chalk it up to like it was very distasteful I don't think he meant it anyway was really trying to offend anybody I think and especially you know with NWA having all the uh old school aesthetics and everything. Maybe he got caught up in the moment. I am not defending Jim Cornette by any means. I'm just trying to understand what the make sense of what the logic was to going I through think, his head. I think probably less the aesthetic, but more so like you look at guys like Jim Cornette, you look at guys like Jerry, the King Lola, who historically have been so great. Jim Cornette is so great at cutting promos just on the fly and having like the quick one liners and stuff like that. I feel like guys like from that era, just sort of have that in their wheel bag already. And it's like, okay, I have these jokes that I know I can go to. I could pull out at any time. They're almost like, you know, they're going to come out automatically. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's a fat guy in the ring. Oh, he he's brave enough to carry a bucket of food through. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. like, that's probably something that, you know, like like he used it back in the day. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those one-liners that he just has. He might has not have his, even thought about it. Right. It's just one it. of those one-liners he has in his arsenal. I look at guys like him. I look at guys, like I said, like Jerry the King Lawler, who, like, so quick on their feet. Maybe Bobby the Brain Heenan, if he mm-hmm. was still alive, you know. he They always had, like, these one-liners. It's like, how do you even, like, come up with a joke like that, like, just off the yeah. fly and that <clears> quick <throat> on live TV and stuff like that? Now, Which, another yeah. aspect of you you were about to say exactly what I was about to say is the fact that this show was in taped in the can for weeks now. Weeks ago. I think they shot all of them in like August or something right. like that. And it's like if anyone from the NWA had an issue with what Jim Cornette was saying or if anyone had the wherewithal to just go back at the footage and be like, mm, should probably edit that out. They could have done that way before this aired. And now uh, a little more background to that, which I was reading uh Dave, um, I'm gonna mess up his name because I'm not Lagana, Lagana. Yeah, Dave Lagana. Yeah, Lagana. He edits the shows, mm-hmm. and there's been examples of him kind of supporting like white supremacy stuff, like Eek. on Twitter and stuff like that. I don't. I have to do a little bit more research. I don't have it in front of me, but just briefly like reading through stuff before we started recording. There's evidence of him like kind of posting that stuff or supporting that stuff in the past, and if he's editing the show and he thought it was okay to leave it in, that's not good. Yeah, but oh, at the same time, I gotta assume he wasn't the only one that saw the finished product before we saw the finished product. Right. So somebody should have said something. Right. But you know, it's all around bad. It happened. The show I aired live with the clip in there. NWA had to take it down, edit it, then re-upload it again. And now Cornette's gone. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they get to um, to replace him um, on commentary there and everything like that. They'll uh, have replacements, but I'm not gonna lie. Like Jim Cornette, I mean, I'm a fan of his, and he was probably one of the main reasons why I decided to check out NWA 
because he endorsed it on his podcast so well. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's a different feel. It's going to be a different type of product, and you know, and it's been it's been really really good. It's been really really good. I have no gripes with it, but um. Yeah, it just sucks that like you know it started twin uh twinning. It started trending last night and it's like for all the wrong reasons, yeah. you know. It, it it really sucks. Uh, but real quick though, I want to shout out Nick Aldis though, like stand up guy, like the statement that he made, like really being like a champs champ, you know. He really didn't have to say anything. He didn't say anything in the first place, but like he kind of apologized on behalf of the company because he's the champ, and I just really like how he carries himself as a champion. Like Nick is he he's a really good dude. Like I really wish the world for him in his career and everything. Yeah. Um, want to get into the shows for the week? Um, yeah, we could get into some of the shows. I'll, I'll, I'll admit right now I didn't watch. I watched uh, NXT on sort of like fast forward. I watched the highlights that they put up online. NXT shout was... out, shout out to the YouTube guy who posts the highlights of the shows. <laughs> NXT was out. good. Like first and foremost, and I made a note of this, and I wanted to shout her out because she looked like a fucking million bucks. Shout out to Mia Yim, yo. That ladder match with Io Shirai, she got like her whole face caved in damn near and still continued the match. And not only continued the match, then wrestled on SmackDown yeah. as well. And took that huge... Well, okay, so during the highlights, I thought I saw like blood. Like I thought I saw like her get busted open yes. in the face. Yeah. And then she took that bump at the end. Yes. Through a ladder. That to me looked like it killed. Like she, she's a fucking man. Me, me, me is that chick, yo. Mia is that chick. Kudos to her, man. Like we don't do like a wrestler of the week or anything like that. But if we did, I give it to Mia because she looked like a freaking soldier like this past week. But, um, just to run through with everything real quick, uh, a couple of things that like you know I I, I really enjoyed this week was definitely the uh, opening match between Leo Rush and Angel Garza for the uh, cruiserweight belt. Yeah, that was a great match. They Actually, that, were... that was probably the only match that I did see in full this week, just because my week has been heavy. Yeah. But yeah, they were going at it. Like one thing that like two things I took away from it. Angel Garza, he's gonna be a star, man. Like it's it was one point in the match, you know, if you ever seen an Angel Garza match, he has the spot. He always comes out in like tearaway pants where he has his trunks underneath where somehow throughout the match he'll tear the pants off, he'll get a huge pop and everything like that. Similar to like how the Hardys back in the day when they would take the shirts off and all the little teenage girls, ah yeah, yeah. similar similar to that. Uh Angel jumps out of the ring. Leo's family was in the crowd. He goes to Leo's wife and rips the pants off in front of her. (laughs) That was great. Great moment. Great moment. Another thing that I took away, besides it being an amazing match, the way that Leo moves in the ring made me really want to see a Leo Rush Darby Allen match because they kind of moved the same in the ring as far as like the quick off the ropes and the counters and the flips and everything like that. Like, I think, like, just the, how the both of them are in the ring, I would really like to see that match. I feel Ooh. like it would be similar to, like, a Osprey Ricochet-type match. Larry Zabisco would be thrilled. <laughs> if anyone knows that reference, Larry Zabisco, one of the greatest announcers in wrestling history. They should get Zabisco to replace Cornette. Hmm. I don't know if we could take that. <laughs> I don't know if we could take such greatness on that program of Larry Zabisco commenting that the guys have great movement out there. Just great, great. movement. <laughs> you know, one of these guys, you know, they're going to make a mistake, but at least they have great movement out there. Like, God, Larry Zabisco would be, he would have an orgasm looking at Leo Rush. Uh, um, but good point though yeah Leo Rush you know and I like guys that you know athletically move different in the ring I feel like Leo Rush has that quality Umberto Carrillo has yeah. that quality mm-hmm. on Raw you know mm-hmm. I think Umberto Carrillo might be left handed I think that might be it yeah it's, but it's like it's weird. like the way that he moves it's like he almost looks like he's floating in the air yeah. sometimes it's like I don't even know it like the way like he positions his body when he does like float overs. It literally looks like gravity stop for it's, a it's second. It's graceful. It's graceful. It's very but graceful. But even going That's back to guys to like it. Booker T, like I said, like, you know, 
Um, one of the things, I guess, one of the criticisms of AEW, which is real quick tangent, it's like, you know, all oh, the guys, you know, they're on the indies and whatever like that. They're not properly trained. And it's like, I listen to a lot of like Brian Alvarez and um, Brian and Vinny and stuff like that. And like, you know, I'm not going to give away my sources, but, you know, they have like old reviews of like Nitro. And like one of the things they say is like, yo, it's so interesting looking back at WCW. Everybody had like a different style in the way they moved. When you look at WWE now, everybody's pretty much trained the same. Everybody has the same footwork. It's the uh, quote-unquote WWE way of wrestling. Right, you know what I mean? And it's just so interesting looking back how guys would wrestle and have different styles and stuff. And you look at somebody like a Booker T, who, to me, always moved so different in the ring. And that was one of the things that really, for me at least, you know, like made him stand out to me and probably what got him over with a lot of fans to the point where it was like, yo, we got to do something with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Because he just, he moves gracefully in the ring. Like everybody else is like, you know, plotting, whatever like that. He's a big guy and he floats. Like he floats. Yeah, literally looks like he's floating through the air, man. He's going to be a big star too. Shout out to the Garza family, man. Yeah. Shout out to Hector Garza. Hector man. Garza. Shout out to Shout Hector out Garza. Another match I really enjoyed this week was um I don't have too much to say. It just that it was a good match was Isaiah Scott and uh the kid Bronson Reed from Australia. That was a really good match. I don't know if you caught mm-hmm. that one. Um, you also had a. Uh, Keith Lee take on Roderick Storm, which was a good thing. So, story coming out of that match. Um, Gargano isn't clear for TakeOver. So, instead of Gargano versus Finn Balor there, we're going to get Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. They ran an angle with Finn calling out Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle running out, them kind of going back and forth and everything like that. So, that's going to take Riddle off of um, Champa's uh, War Games team. Mm-hmm. So, one guy that came out to uh, take his spot was Dominic Dijakovic. Did I say it right? Yes. Dominic Dijakovic. So right now you got Champa, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, and we don't know who the fourth person is taking on the uh, Undisputed Era in War Games. So I think it'll be interesting to see who that fourth member might be. If I had to guess, because he hasn't been seen for a while, and I wouldn't be surprised if they hold it off until the takeover, like a nice little surprise... Velveteen Dream. Because if you remember the last time we seen Dream, Undisputed Era fucked them up in the back. Right. I listen, I Storyline-wise, that would make sense. I thought he was injured, though. I'm not sure. He could be. I'm not sure. I Well, yeah, I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see what, we'll see where that goes. And speaking of War Games team, um, Shayna Baszler, she... Um, announced who was the fourth member of her team. I was under the assumption that it might be Dakota Kai because it kind of looked like, you know, storyline-wise it would have made sense. But to um, our surprise, it ended up being Kaylee Ray, who's the uh, United Kingdom women's champion, which right. was a bit of a surprise. But a good pick, though, gets the UK NXT guys um, a look, especially, you know, with this whole Survivor Series weekend and everything like that. Let me just say, NXT is going to be busting their ass next week. They have the live sh- their live show on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Um, I believe some of them might have a match on Friday, or I don't know if they changed that. It was something about, like, Adam Cole may defend the title on SmackDown against. But I think they might have moved that to Survivor Series. But then it's like, the Saturday before Survivor Series, you have them in war games. Yeah. And then you have a lot of those guys going to Survivor Series to fight for brand supremacy. Yeah. It was like, yo... Shout out to NXT, man. I really, 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 really hope they don't get shitted on in Survivor Series like they did SmackDown last year. Check this out, fam. They're going to get shitted on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, hate, I, hate, I hate to sound negative. I hate to be a pessimist, but fam, I'm not... I'm not getting my hopes up this time around for WWE to get it right. I'm just not... Because they shittered on uh, SmackDown last Yo, year. Yo, SmackDown only won the pregame, the pregame, the pre-show match. And then, after the fact, they acted like that match never happened. Raw and, swept SmackDown. And it's like, they, for all intents and purposes, if Raw's getting the better ratings, I'm not saying that SmackDown has to, like, unanimously beat Raw, but wouldn't you want to, like, boost that show up so that people be in storyline? Or... Even take the cop out route. Let it be a draw. Some yeah, like <laughs> yeah. 
take the cop out route. But why are you burying one of your own shows? Like, I don't get it, man. Listen, man, I don't get WWE all the time. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it. A, I'm just gonna keep it a bean. Keep it a buck. <laughs> I'm keep it a bean. WWE sometimes just. What are you doing? What are you doing, baby? <laughs> so on. <laughs> What is he doing? What is you doing, baby? <laughs> so, um, that was um NXT. Um, you know the uh on on the other channel on AEW Dynamite. Uh, I I, I it, it was a lot of things that I like. Uh, one of the things, um, big things that I took out was um. You said that so nonchalantly. Like we didn't get like MJF. Yeah, that that's okay. So full disclosure, that's because I'm going through my notes trying to gather my thoughts before I go into it. Okay. But yeah, so go ahead. No, uh, I was gonna let you do it, but yeah, MJF. No, go ahead. I don't want to step on your. So after um after full gear, you have the whole thing with um MJF and Cody and everything like that. Jericho's out there cutting a promo on um Cody and um. Yeah, MJF come out, and they kind of tease. Now, I don't know, like, did MJF join the inner circle, or they were just kind of playing that up, or... I don't think so, but you know what? I hope they just play it up for now. Yeah, I don't think he needs to be in Espe- the inner circle. Especially Everybody with- could just hate Cody, and I'll be fine with yeah, that. Yeah, especially with um, his own muscle being out there. I don't think he joined... I think, we're, I think what we saw was, like, the seeds of MJF maybe having his own faction if not his own faction at least he'll be able to just stand on his own he has the muscle guy what's his name that came out um i'm gonna mess because it's like wardlow i think that's how you say yeah, it. yeah wardlow I, I it's hard for me because i always wanted to say warlow but it's mm-hmm. wardlow but he he looked like a beast man yeah he looked like a beast he hit him with like a uh attitude adjustment type looking move but it just like had a lot more force behind it than when cena does it no shots just saying but um yeah, they came out, and then they did the whole spot where, like, Warlow ties his tie around Cody's neck, and they toss him over the rope, and they're kind of hanging him. Yeah. It just, it was a good look all around. And um, him and Jericho also, a uh, part that I like, they kind of did a callback to um, Jericho and Kevin Owens a couple of years ago with the, them going back and forth with, um, you know, it, you got to watch it. I don't even know exactly what they were saying, but what the, like, oh, this, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm move on. I don't even know how to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> but um, then you had um, the, it opened up with a uh, Jurassic Express in the Dark Order. With um, the big thing, big takeaway from that was your man Luchasaurus made his return. Future world's champion, top guy in AEW. Yeah, I'm calling it now. Nah, man. I mean, he's a future like you know. If if AEW plays his cards right, and they don't have to do this right away, obviously. Luchasaurus could be a big deal uh, two, three years from now and could be taken seriously as a contender, if not be a champion by the time two years to, you know, rolls around. But, you know, AEW just doesn't need to blow through everything right now. But glad to see Luchasaurus is back. Um, I feel like he adds legitimacy to that team, which everybody really... Not to say that they're probably, like, the best, like, cohesive tag team, but it's, like, it's a great act to look... You know what I mean? Like, it's a great marketable act. Mm. And, you know, people like Jungle Boy, uh, Marco Stunt in the right role can be effective. Mm -hmm. And Luchasaurus, like I said, can be the guy that legitimizes that entire act with his size, with his... Um, his perceived agility because he was throwing some kicks out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm assuming that he's going to be one of those big guys that just doesn't plot around the ring. He's actually going to be like athletic and do like, you know. The the great thing about Jurassic Express is that the three of them aesthetically look so different from each other. Yeah. But work so cohesively as a unit. I'm a sucker for big guy, little guy teams. Mm-hmm. Like, the big man and then the little like I was like okay like I liked Enzo and Cass when they were in WWE yeah because you know backstage bullshit aside it's like Enzo you know he's the the plucky little punchable it's the perfect beat, combination could beat on him all day he had the charisma and all that had the biggest mouth in the world biggest mouth would go out there get his ass whooped you know and then when he makes the hot tag to Enzo, and I mean, Cass, Cass, Cass is coming in and clean up. Yep. You know? Yep. It works so well. It works so well. Um, the match that opened up um, Dynamite 
was John Moxley versus Nakasawa. Now, before the match, one thing that, that I really like, they played this whole um, video package of showing Kenny's um, injuries from the match with Moxley at full gear and how Kenny's not clear. But, like, I like that they played up the fact that, like, Kenny's not cleared to wrestle, and he's asking the doctor, well, how Moxley make out? And he's like, oh, Moxley's, you know, he's a little banged up, but he's all right. He's clear. <laughs> and you can look, the look of, like, disappointment on Kenny's face, like, damn, like, I can't even wrestle, and this guy is fine after that match. So, it goes to the match. Moxley pretty much squashes Nakazawa. Cuts a promo after. Moxley does what he does on the mic. He's amazing on the mic. Basically saying that, um, first off, the first thing he said, that one counts, right? Talking about as far as his record and everything like that. Yep. And then he basically like makes an open challenge saying that nobody in the locker room can see him at all. Nobody can see him at all. Fast forward later in the night, you had a three-way between Darby Allen, Sean Spears, and Peter Avalon. Now, Sean Spears gets taken out of the match a little bit early on with uh, Joey Janela coming out, them kind of brawling and disappearing to the back. Darby pretty much runs through Peter Avalon. And after the match, challenges Moxley to a match this week on Dynamite, which I am very excited for. Mm. Very, very excited for John Moxley versus Darby Allen. Darby Allen, he's a rising star, I feel. I love seeing how he moves in the ring. His attire aside, I know how you feel about that. It just looks weird. <laughs> Leggings with the... Whatever. I've gotten used to it, though. Leggings I've, I've gotten used dudes. to it. I think I have a guy, I have a thing about like skinny guys not wearing knee pads and elbow pads. Like If you have skinny legs, Darby Allen has really skinny legs. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a girl watching... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. a little chicken leg. Put on some knee pads so you look like you got something, some muscle. But anyway, whatever. So, but no, that should be a good match, though, honestly. And um, I'm intrigued to see what they do with Darby Allen versus a guy like Moxie. Do you think it's going to be like a lights out type of or like a... Nah, I think they're going to let them have a regular match and just to see these two kind of, I guess you could call them hardcore guys going there. And, you know, we've seen that like, we know what Moxley could do in a regular match, and we've seen like Darby can kind of go in a regular match too. So I think that's kind of what makes it more intriguing to me that it's not the um, what you would assume the match would have been like some type of hardcore s match. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Uh, we talked about um, the Jericho MJF and all of the with Wardlow uh, debuting, running through uh, Cody Rhodes. You had another match, the rubber match between. Pac and uh, Hangman Page with Pac getting the um, getting the win, winning the series between them. Really, really good match. And it's also playing up the fact, which kind of has been the whole story with the Elite since AEW Dynamite started, that like they kind of haven't been themselves. And that goes for Omega, that goes for Page, that goes for Cody now, that goes for the Bucks as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to see what they have. They kind of played it up a little bit on um being the elite, which um my one gripe with being the elite, you never know what kind of leads into the stories on television and what don't. But on being the elite, uh, Hangman kind of told the Bucks that he's gonna have to step away from the elite for a bit and do his own thing and kind of get his mind right and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see if they play that up on television. Um. But that was a good match. And right after that match, we had um, a huge brawl between Ice, Santana, Santana and Ortiz, and the uh, Young Bucks backstage. I just wish they would call them Ice. <laughs> they fought all over the uh, backstage area, went into catering and all of that. It was uh, one spot where, um, I'm going to sound like JR, um, Santana, I believe, through... I want to say Nick Jackson into like a restroom. The door opens up and your man Orange Cassidy is just chilling there. Just chilling in the bathroom. Jagging around. (laughs) This guy pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Cornette said something horrible about that. Oh, man. Um, But yeah. um, No, that was a good brawl. Um, One of the things AEW... Uh, I've seen some criticism about it, I guess, um, that, you know, they they're, they don't want, or fans, I guess, don't they don't want them to always have to resort to the backstage brawl 
Uh, but I think for now, I think it's fine. I think I think, but that if they do it again this week, then maybe I'll be on board with that. But right now, I think it's fine because everything has kind of been. Like, there's been reasoning behind it. Right. Like, the week before was, it was the go-home show, tensions were high before the pay-per-view and everything right. like that. And I feel like this one this week was just kind of a, the Bucks loss. Santana and Ortiz have been mad disrespectful to, like, the Rock and Roll Express and everything like that. It made sense. It, was, it wasn't like they were just brawling just for no reason. Yeah, I'm just hoping that, you know, some storytelling can be told with the brawls, if anything. And like, and the thing I was saying about it is like pretty much like this is kind of what has been missing from wrestling though is like a, like a good authentic like, anything can happen type of vibe and you know the fights can break out anywhere type of thing, and you know just that overall like aggression I feel like you know I like the way the brawls actually do play out in AEW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um. The main event of the night were uh, is for the tag belts. It was SCU, Kazarian, and uh, Scorpio Sky taking on Le Champion, Chris Jericho, and <laughs> the Spanish God Sammy. <laughs> His name is the Spanish God. <laughs> this was a good match. This was a good match. It kind of played up to back when Jericho originally won the belt at All Out. And it was that epic promo that he cut backstage with. Um, basically, he was walking to the back, going the the the, the bubbly promo. Yeah, yeah. Go, going through everybody, and one of the last things he said before he went into his locker room, he sees Scorpio Sky. He's like, "You see this? You see this, Scorpio Sky? You'll never get a shot at this. Ooh, I, you you'll know, never get a shot at this." And here's the thing, and it's so good at that. It's so good that you pointed that out. That. I was one of those people who, when this pinfall happened, I was like, does that mean Scorpio Sky sort of moves into a better slot to get, like, a championship title shot, or... I would think so, because they made a point to say that, yeah, we have the win-loss record, but we're also going to factor in the quality of the win, which I think they did to kind of give them a little leeway where they don't have to just go off of the numbers. So I would think... Scorpio pinning the champion would probably give him a title shot down the line somewhere. Right. And we spoke about Scorpio Sky, he, how he has all this potential to be a huge like breakout star and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see what they did that. And I just really love the call back to Jericho saying, you'll never get a shot at this. And then him being the one to give Jericho his first pinfall all loss right, now in here's, AEW. Now here's the thing, because... We see we speak a lot about like subtlety and, sto- and storytelling and how WWE sort of like over projects things and rams things down our throat. Do you think this is one of those things that AEW should sort of mention? Because I feel like a lot of fans might have not seen that promo. I think they should mention it. I think the problem with WWE is we're not saying not to mention shit, but just you don't have to say it a million times in one show. It doesn't have to be a branded no. hashtag. Like, if, if Bray Wyatt is going to have a brand new episode of the Firefly Funhouse, I don't need you to tell me before every commercial oh, break. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, you know what I mean? That's actually a good point, and it's something that, I, you know, I've, in my head, have complained about in my head, but, you know, I just, we never really brought it up. But, yeah, WWE does that. Like, the Bray Wyatt thing, like, rather than let it be organic and interrupt the show, they announce it every single commercial break, and it kind of takes away from the, the the effect of that segment. Like, I think it would be fine to just say, you know, have Excalibur or JR or whoever on commentary mention, you know, Jericho called out Scorpio before Scorpio got the first pin, And just leave it at that. It doesn't need to be drilled yeah. home. You know what I mean? Because on the basics, really, all we need to know is that Scorpio Sky pinned the champion. That's right. it. Now, if you want to add to it, you can add to it a little bit. But it doesn't need to be mentioned every single second. That's my opinion on it. Um... But that was Dynamite. It was a real good show. Um, just a little bit of AEW news that I'm kind of excited for. They announced that um, the uh, January 15th episode is going to be uh, uh, come from uh, Miami. It's going to be called Bash at the Beach. Anybody mm-hmm. familiar with Bash at the Beach, you know, from WCW and everything, I'm kind of hyped for that. And they also mentioned that um, it's going to be a two-part episode with the episode the following week taking place from Jericho's Cruise. So I'm sure we're going to hear Jericho you know, 
talking a little bit of shit about how the show was being taped from his cruise ship. Nice. Le Champion, you know what I mean? Le Champion's cruise ship. Um, I want to, we could, we could briefly go into, because full disclosure, I got to get out of here, but we could get into uh, SmackDown and um, Raw real quick. Um, SmackDown, my biggest takeaway from it, um, we mentioned with Punk talking about it earlier, that whole thing with the uh, mascot and everything like that. But um, another thing was they unavailed, they unavailed, unavailed, unveiled, unveiled. There you go. That's how you say that word. Um, uh, the uh, new Universal Championship because obviously it's on SmackDown now, and SmackDown can't have a red belt. No, no, no. no you, can't you can't do have that. Anything in the set or anything, anything aesthetically be red on the show. Now I kind of figured they would do a new belt anyway. I wish it wasn't just turning the strap blue. Like I feel like just make it. Like how the WWE title is just black. Just make it like, give it a different design and just make it black or white or whatever. It doesn't. Why does it need to be linked to whatever brand that it's on? Um, not that it looks bad. It looks better than the red belt. I don't get why people are saying it looks better than the red. I think all the belts in WWE are ugly, <laughs> <laughs> equally, and need a redesign. I'm sorry, like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I get it. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to. The make, icy belt like, isn't bad. The icy belt looks I'm good. I'm tired of the icy belt. I'm With tired the white of the white strap? strap. Yeah, I'm tired of yeah. it. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I think the best looking belt in WWE, my favorite, is the United Kingdom Championship. Yeah. That's the best looking belt. I think that's WWE. probably the best belt with like that square design yeah. that they've been using. Yeah. Like, but other than that, like the WWE titles, like they don't do anything for me like and and none of those belts really look iconic to me like not for nothing the winged eagle belt to me Mm -hmm. is always gonna be the best wwe belt design and it wasn't even like the biggest championship belt ever you know what i'm saying at the time like you know you had the wcw big gold belt you had the intercontinental Mm -hmm. belt at the time was bigger than that belt but something about that design was just so like iconic and it was like the wwe championship you know what i mean yeah. like that's it and like you know the attitude era had great belts too this i don't know these belts these days is just like it's the wwe logo and i'm wearing it on my waist and it looks big and stupid i don't i, I don't know no but i hear you though i hear you though like there's after- nothing really special about them for me to be like oh it looks better red oh no it's better blue it looks better in black they all kind of have the same design. I yeah, wish, like, back look- in the day, all the belts looked different. I get why they do it from, like, a branding standpoint, like, to kind of drill home, like, that image of the WWE logo and everything. WWE drilling things into our heads. Yeah, like- this, is, this is very, very true. This is very, very true. Um, another thing that I um, liked on SmackDown was um, New Day were defending the uh, tag um, titles in a rematch against the Revival. Which got um, pretty much undisputed error came in and ran through everybody, mm. you know, because Survivor Series is coming up, so we got to have all of the run-ins and everything. And I like the fact that um, the night ended. The main event was um, it was Sasha facing was it Sasha? Sasha facing Nikki Cross for um, a spot on the. Um, Barely facing Nikki Cross for a spot on the Survivor Series team if Nikki Cross won. Shayna came in. She disrupted the match. Barely tried to make a run for it. Ran into uh, a couple of other uh, NXT women on the outside. Rhea, Rhea Ripley, uh, Mia Yim, I believe Dakota Kai, and um, and um, why is her name escaping me? Who's teams with Dakota Kai? Dakota Kai. Um, with the sh- Shining Wizard. Yeah, no, uh, Tegan Knox. Yeah, Tegan Knox. Yeah. You're better with the women yeah, on yeah. than I am, trust me. That match turned into a uh, four-on-four match between Numb and a couple of the uh, SmackDown women. With um, with a couple of the SmackDown women. I'm just going through my notes real quick, folks. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it was good. It's just the purpose was basically to just get over Survivor Series is coming up and everything. All in all, I feel like this episode of SmackDown was just kind of like running through the motions for the most part. Nothing really happened. Um, we got the whole, um, at the end of the show, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan accepting Bray Wyatt's challenge for the, uh, universal title at Survivor Series, which kind of 
you know, from the attack, you kind of knew it was coming. There's some undertones between that match, too. Like, uh, a callback to the whole when um Brian joined the uh, Wyatt, Wyatt family Andy. back in the day. Which, okay, so for as much as we talk about WWE drilling stuff home, kudos to them for not having to bring that up. Now, granted, that was at the end of the show. So, we'll see this week on SmackDown if they drill home the fact that, oh, Daniel Bryan joined the, Bryan, the, the, the Wyatt family back in the day and all of that. They can still do it. We'll see what happens. I don't, but... I don't mind them. I don't mind them mentioning callbacks because I feel like you have new fans that need to be brought up. to May speed not have been watching. And don't back know then. that history yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I do like when WWE plays up to their history too. Like that's one of the things that I always say about like that I loved about ECW back in the day. It's like they always brought up. Oh, in 1994, Shane Douglas threw down the NWA, and it's like okay, that's part of canon. You know what I'm saying? And now it plays into what's going on four years later or, you know, five, however many years later. And that's been one of the greatest things about the whole Bray Wyatt character, that him basically going after people that have done him wrong in the past, Mm -hmm. you know? So it'll be exciting to see that continue. That was SmackDown, basically. Raw was a lot of uh, NXT run-ins and SmackDown run-ins, you know, was the go-home show for Raw before. Was it the go-home show? This week is the go-home show. Is Survivor Series? Survivor? No, that was the go home show. Survivor yeah. Series is this weekend. Um, I, I I got something overall to say about Survivor Series moving forward. Okay, so just real quick, but go ahead. Raw was Raw was pretty good. A lot of great matches. Kevin Owens versus uh, Drew McIntyre was good. I just hate how they ended that he match. Took some insane bumps. He in really match. did, and it's like, why would you do that? Viala both on the same team. Yeah, but. That aside. Apron moves. Apron moves, guys. Hardest part of the ring. You had a lot of run-ins. <laughs> Lucha, under, Lucha Underground now. Lucha House Party came in for whatever reason and attacked Seth Rollins. Yo, I guess because Lucha... Mexicans. Like, I don't know why them, of I all just... people. Okay, look. I'm going to say this about Survivor Series moving forward. We need to lay off of the brand supremacy aspect of Survivor Series for, like, at least three or four years. At least three years. Like, I want to see Survivor Series moving forward, storylines built where guys have issues, and it's like, it's my team of guys versus your team of guys, if we're going to do that whole Survivor Series, like, you know, team aspect. So, to that point... Like, enough of this brand supremacy so to shit, that it doesn't point, really exist. To that point, shout out to Becky Lynch, because she's like the only person, she cut a promo at the beginning of the Raw saying, I don't, I don't give a damn about brand supremacy. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Check this out. I just want to beat both of y'all and show y'all that I'm the man. The only thing, the only aspect of this brand supremacy thing that I think works this year is the fact that you have NXT as a show on USA that sort of needs to be established as, hey. It makes sense NXT trying to prove themselves. Right. Yeah. But then other than that, and I almost feel like it could be NXT versus Raw and SmackDown, but I know versus why WWE. They, right, but I know why they're not going to do that because of the whole USA and Fox. They don't want to intermingle that whole shit, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But other than that, I really don't care about Raw, Smack, Raw and SmackDown. To me, just are both one and the same suckage. Like, 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 like <laughs> and we we try not to mention other shows too much on this show, but like my man Ross Twiddell from Callaholic said. Nobody watches WWE and like, oh, I only watch Raw. I only watch yeah, SmackDown. No. Like, no. Like, why do we... None of us care about brand supremacy. Nobody is like, I, I'm Team Fox or I'm Team USA. Like, no. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, I really, really, really don't care about it. And I hope moving forward that we don't have to actually have this sort of be the format or be the reasoning why, you know why any of this is happening like i want to see like teams and feuds come to a head i want to see like factions my faction against your faction or you know just yeah like that's pretty much as far as the team aspect i want to see that's as far as i want it to go it doesn't have to be brand versus brands now we're getting lucha house party who who the hell gave it they never gave us a reason to give a damn about lucha house party not saying that they're bad guys or anything but now they're coming out attacking guys and like you can Seth tell like Rollins there was there was hardly like, there was hardly any reaction for them yeah so it was like and it's no it's no fault of their own it's just like you guys haven't done any anything with them why should we care all of a sudden exactly so and it, it, the sad part is they're not gonna follow that up with anything no, for them moving no, forward like no. it's not like those guys are tough guys now like 
They're not. They just came out because they had on blue shirts and, you know, they attacked the guys with the black shirts and the red shirts. That's all it was. That's all it was. Don't piss on my leg and tell me. There you go. (laughs) But that was Raw, though. It was a lot of great matches. A lot of ended with a massive brawl between all three Rosses and everything like that. NXT kind of held their own, you know, fought off both Rosses. And the show ended with Triple H saying, tonight on NXT is an open-door policy. Whoever has a problem with NXT, you're more than welcome to come. So I wouldn't be surprised if NXT kind of gets a bump in the ratings this week and yeah. even beats AEW because tri- that's basically Triple H telling us that any and everybody's going to be on NXT tonight. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Seth shows up. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Andrade, Owens, whoever, people from SmackDown. Mm-hmm. It looks like tonight's episode of NXT is going to be like the real go-home show for Survivor Series right. Again, as a whole. Again, like I said, the really only at the real only aspect of this Survivor Series that I like with the whole brand thing is that it's really boosting NXT. Mm-hmm. It's really giving us another reason to care about NXT or another reason to pay attention to NXT because there's enough reasons in NXT to care. The storylines are great. The wrestling is great. Um, all the guys and gals in that show, you know what I'm saying, have like storyline arcs and things that are going on but as far as like this brand supremacy thing goes i want to see nxt really get a boost from this definitely really get treated like you know they deserve it they must like one of these shows to watch because honestly quality wise to me i think it's better than raw and smackdown and all the stuff that we say about like you know raw drilling stuff home and the, the, the little things that wwe does that's a bit annoying it doesn't happen in nxt and it's like it's the same company. Yeah. What's the problem? It's different. It's different people overseeing the show. Vince McMahon isn't backstage or whoever Vince McMahon puts in charge isn't backstage producing the announcements. Micromanaging and everything. Micromanaging everything. Like, yeah. It's real storytelling happening in NXT. So we have that tonight. We have a big uh, AEW show tonight. Go home show for SmackDown on Friday. So we're going to have a lot to talk about when we come back to you guys uh, next week. Uh, Survivor Series we'll get into that so might have to do two shows next week we're gonna see how it goes because usually you know when we have the pay-per-views we kind of get into it so yeah. we're gonna see what we're gonna see what happens maybe you guys will get a bonus episode next week we'll see but um yeah anything else to add nah man that's it man big weekend to look forward to um big night tonight to look forward to NXT and all that you know make sure you follow us um at the YDG Network at YDG Unsanctioned. Follow me at Willie Dope. Follow my guy at Gift the Great. Yeah, man. YDG Unsanctioned. And we are out. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs>